Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast exploring irrelevant questions about entertainment, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as well as by my delightful co-host. Matt, Matt. I'm used to the camera being over there. Oh, yeah. That's a... <laughs> yeah, we shifted a little bit. Yeah. It's going to look like I'm looking at the interviewer. Yeah. Also, my hat sideways. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, we shifted a little bit. Uh, we also took a week off. Um, yeah. Because... Uh, we launched a company. <laughs> I launched yeah. a company, uh, and it was a very busy week for me. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I was doing a lot of things, and we did not have time to actually. We didn't have the um, any any topic researched or nothing nothing ready. Um, yep. It didn't help that also our editor's computer went out, was out of commission, and doesn't help put a kink in the process. But uh, yep, um, we're all good now. I think I'm pretty sure. Matt, what you been up to? <laughs> Some things. Some stuff. Uh, Such as? I finished... You enlighten me. I finished one HBO miniseries about a, a, a murder mystery, uh, and then watched an entire another one. Oh, wow. So, so you're... Yeah, go me. So I've how actually... do you murder mysteries? Tell me. You've watched murder murder mystery shows now, so how do you murder some mysteries? You should be an expert at this point. I can tell you think you're making a joke, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that isn't like the sentence of the podcast <laughs> i could tell you're making a joke but i don't know what it is so i finished uh the night of okay. um which came out in 2016 um yeah it's a night of is a it's an eight-part miniseries it's on hbo um stars riz ahmed um he was the pilot in rogue one which is where you'd know him from um there was a pilot in rogue one yeah, the Imperial pilot that defected and was, like, really nervous all the time. Oh. You've probably seen him in some other stuff. He's, yeah. he's just kind of around. Uh, What's I think his name? Riz? R-I-Z. R-I-Z. Might be Reese. Um, yeah, he's Oscar-nominated, maybe one for The Sound of Metal this past year, which I keep oh, meaning to see. Oh, yeah. I recognize his face. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's Mostly because of stuff. The Sound of Metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so he's the uh, he's the main character. Um he's a well-behaved son of Pakistani immigrants in the in the show the night of specifically. Mm-hmm. Um and he, he's going to go out one night to a party and through a complicated series of shenanigans he ends up uh you've got a face going over there. <laughs> Sorry, I just I'm seeing all the things he's in and several of them I like passably recognize. Uh he's in Assassin's Creed Gold. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either. He's also going to be Hamlet in Hamlet. Okay. Which is in pre-production right now. It doesn't have a current... I mean, it's probably going to... Interesting. To be honest, it's probably going to be bad. Like, are there any good movie versions of, like, Shakespearean plays? Kenneth Branagh did a cool half dozen good adaptations of Shakespeare plays. There was a modernized Coriolanus adaptation in... uh, about 10 years ago with Ray Fiennes and Gerard Butler. Um, oh. The original Romeo and Juliet uh, from like the 60s is pretty good. Uh, Romeo plus Juliet is interesting. Um, there's The Lion King, of course. Um, although not the remake, not so much. Oh, Assassin's Creed Gold must be like a... Um, what is this? It's a video. Is it a well, fan film or something? It, maybe it's an audible original which is confusing me about it being a video hmm 
Because it says it's a um, it's a video released on 27th of February 2020. Weird. And it's got a director, writer, stars Riz Ahmed. Ahmed? Is it Ahmed? Uh, I've always heard it Ahmed. Okay. Um, it probably is Ahmed if you're actually trying to pronounce it right. But yeah. um, I don't know. Anyway. But he's also in The Sandman. The new, oh. the new The Sandman show. No, okay. Audible. They must be calling them like series and stuff because I know uh, that that's an audio yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays the Corinthian in Sandman. Okay. He does have a, a good distinctive voice. Okay. He's also a really good actor. Clearly. Uh, I, I mean, saw the clips of Sand of Metal and it looked good. Yeah. Um. No, but so anyway, back to the story. He's yeah. mild-mannered college student, son of Pakistani immigrants, generally very well-behaved, likable, kind of shy guy. Um. Goes out, he wants to go out to a party one night um, through a complicated series of shenanigans, ends up uh, going home with a a young woman, um, does a lot of drugs, passes out in the kitchen, and wakes up, goes up to her bedroom to say goodbye, and she's been brutally stabbed to death. Many times. That's where that was going, so he doesn't know if he did it or not, and they also, so is he the primary suspect? Yeah, he runs out with a knife in his pocket and immediately gets pulled over. Jesus. (laughs) Um. And it's, yeah, so the, uh, it's, it starts out as like, just kind of a classic, like, okay, did he actually do it? And his lawyer's John Turturro and he's kind of John Turturroing around and looking for, um, what's this one called? The Night Of. The Night Of. Um. Wow. That's, it's been a while. Oh, there it is. 2016. Yeah. Um, and. He's also in Jason Bourne, apparently. Oh, how about that? Um. Yeah, and so uh, John Turturro's trying to get him out, and um, and then it kind of evolves. It's not just it; it goes from being just like a, a classic, straightforward murder mystery type thing into, um, in the meantime, like all of the evidence is like, yeah, this guy did it. Uh-huh. He went to her house; they were alone. He comes out with the bloody knife in his pocket. Yeah, he killed her. No way around it. Then it becomes a buddy cop road trip short <laughs> miniseries. <laughs> Yay! No, then it becomes a, an unflinching look at the brutal and often paradoxical uh, ways that our prison system operates. Oh! Because he's in prison in the meantime. Oh, There's yeah. like $10 million bail or whatever because mm-hmm. he's psychopathic killer, apparently. Maybe. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Um, and so he's he's thrown in Rikers. Um, which is high security mm-hmm. prison in New York. And like, it's about, it's partly about the system, sort of the legal system trying to prove his innocence or not. And then partly about the prison system, turning mm-hmm. him into the person that everyone thinks he is. Um, it's got Michael K. Williams, who was uh, Omar on the wire. Um, really fantastic actor. I plays like kind of a mentor figure almost in the prison. Um, and it's, Oh, it's it's really good. It right. asks some interesting questions. It goes some interesting directions. Um, it it's it feels very much like classic The Wire, Sopranos, HBO style stuff, where it's very gritty and like they really get into the the nuances of paperwork and yeah. um, following trails of evidence. Um, Bill Camp is the detective. He plays the janitor in Queens Gambit and. Is apparently in just like everything. He's character in, actor. Yeah, hmm. I'm just one of those character actors. He's in the Joker, um, or Joker. He's just he's one of the policemen that chases him around at one point. Oh yeah, I 
I recognize his face. He's in Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, Birdman, Killing of a Sacred Deer. What? <laughs> yeah, he's. Oh Matthew yeah, he's the, Killing a Sacred Deer. Is he the anesthesiologist? I think he's the anesthesiologist. Yes. Oh my god, it's been so long since I've seen that. Yeah, he just he disappears into roles, but he's he's fantastic. He's given like, um, not quite lead role, but like he's one of the focal points as the detective who's investigating and, um, just fascinating. He's also character. in Jason Bourne. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, <laughs> I just keep seeing that, and I'm just like, huh. I keep forgetting that movie existed. Yeah. Um, because that's like the that's the Jeremy Renner one, isn't it? No, uh, Jason Bourne is the oh he was born Legacy. Yeah, yeah. He's born Legacy. Born, Jason Bourne is like the is it a reboot or is it like it's like the later one? It's a it's a late sequel. Okay, sort of late sequel. Is uh, he in it? Is Damon in it? Yeah. Okay. It's apparently not very good. I kind of figure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, but the night of it's like just classic hbo where it's it's much more interested in like the human condition and the way systems operate mm-hmm. and at the same time it just happens to tell a really great story yeah chernobyl is very much about how a system operates and that system is soviet russia and it does not operate oh <laughs> <laughs> <Yikes>. boy <laughs> what a good show i need to watch it just, oh you haven't seen it i still haven't seen it oh it's so good it's... spoilers i didn't know it was in the soviet union <laughs> <laughs> i had kind of my brain immediately thought that i was spoiling the fact that the show is mostly about the red tape like it, mm-hmm. it, if there could be red tape in a show it would be that show like just, mm-hmm. that's what yeah so yeah, yeah. okay yeah. cool so that's good i think what's the other one uh i also watched mayor of east town mayor of east or mayor of east mayor town. oh oh actually mayor mayor oh okay does it have is it about a mayor or did no, it's, okay. it's about a woman named Marianne who goes uh, by mayor. Okay. It's the, this is the new one that just finished. Like, it was going week to week, and the last episode came out last weekend. Oh. Have you been watching it, like, as it went, or did you just no, wait till it ended? No, I basically binged it all last week. Is that HBO 2? Yeah, um, HBO Max original. Kate Winslet. Um, you've seen the, I'm sure you've seen the ads. Yeah! Yeah. So, Kate Winslet plays a detective in... Um, small town rural pennsylvania um playing a very against type like she's um she apparently stopped wearing moisturizer during production so that her skin would get more of an authentic dried out look um i mean you just you do what you gotta do do what you gotta do like freaking jared leto since used condoms to his coworkers, and you can just stop using moisturizer i mean to each their own those are comparable wondering if you were drawing a correlation there <laughs> um anyway Her, hers is like she did like a kind of a weird thing but like it made sense and then there's mm-hmm. jared leto that's just like who wants a pig i bet my actor because he did that didn't he? he's in like a live pig to one of his like delivered to one of his coworkers. i don't know maybe it sounds like the sort of thing that would have been totally rumored, but maybe not be confirmed <laughs> jared leto pig Jared Leto Jared is a Le- sexist oh, Jared pig. Jared Leto sent a dead pig. Ah. Uh, According to the actor, uh, sent to Margot Robbie. Cool. The cast by sending, uh, introduced himself to the cast by sending them a dead pig. Oh, and sent Margot Robbie. Uh, I have just opened the article, so I lost that. Oh, a black rat in a box. What a guy! 
<laughs> Why is Jared Leto? <laughs> uh, we didn't even talk about him when we talked about like people from other industries becoming actors because he's mainly a singer with 30 Seconds to Mars. 30 Minutes to Mars. 30 Minutes to Mars. I always thought of him as more of an actor and that was kind of something he did for fun, but maybe I've got that backwards. I might have it backwards. Who knows? Unqualified podcast. <laughs> I anyway. Someone knows. Google knows. I'm tired of typing and looking at my screen. Yep. I'm going to look at you. Bad idea. Anyway. Continue talking. Uh, Mayor of Easttown. Yes. Uh, so she's a detective. Um, a girl turns up murdered and she goes around investigating and I'm trying to unravel the murder mystery as one does in these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, tend to shoot for that. Mm-hmm. This one also does a really good job of kind of transcending the limitations of just classic murder mystery, classic whodunit kind of thing. Although it does do a good job of like, okay, totally could have been this guy. Oh, totally could have been this other guy. Oh, but what if it was this guy? <laughs> um, what, uh, what limitations? You know what? Write it down. We'll talk yeah. about it when we have that episode. We'll, we'll talk about it more. <laughs> That's why I've been watching these. I'm uh, thinking about this figured, to try yeah. to broaden that perspective. But yeah. basically what this one does is it actually takes kind of a bigger step back and is more of a character study, mm-hmm. not of any individual person, but of the community as a whole. Right. Of like one of these breaking down Rust Belt communities. And there's a lot of uh, deep-seated bitterness for um, various slights and... Mm-hmm. Um, drug use is destroying people and teenage pregnancy plays a bigger role in the plot than you'd expect. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of, sounds like a blast to watch. Oh, it really (laughs) is super fun. Just, you want to, you want to see like sunshine and rainbows. Watch that movie show show miniseries, miniseries. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's grim and, like it does a really good job of making pretty much every single character unlikable but understandable. Good? Yeah. <laughs> like you you have people you root for but you're like these are all fairly unpleasant people for the most part. Welcome to humanity. Yeah. Everyone is unpleasant people except Evan Peters. He's really delightful in it. Is he? Yeah. I, I don't know if he is in real life, but he's oh, in okay. Mayor of Easttown and his character oh, his see. character is very delightful. Okay. Does he say that you didn't see that? Co- oh, no. He's the wrong other guy. wrong one. Yep. Does he listen to Sweet Dreams? No. Does he? He doesn't make boner jokes. Maybe he does. Does he make boner jokes in X-Men? No, he did in WandaVision. When? <laughs> that was the whole thing. Uh, Never mind. All right. Maybe it just went over my head. Maybe I'm still a child and don't He notice. literally chuckles and says the word boner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well. Um, yeah. No. Uh, Mary Vistan's just, it's really good and it's it's very expansive. It does not feel like The Night Of, which feels like The Wire and The Sopranos and classic HBO. It feels like modern HBO, which is kind of not rebranded itself necessarily, but... Uh, reapproached its own style um and so it's taking riskier themes maybe? no no probably less risky if anything um it's going more mainstream uh or more accessible i guess just in its sensibilities um okay and i'm i'm thinking of it mayor of Easttone feels much more a cousin of the undoing than it does of the night of Okay. 
it's a much better show than the undoing (laughs) (laughs) as reasons for reasons we'll eventually get into. Yes. Um, But it, it feels like it's cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Um, The cinematography kind of feels the same. There's some pretty substantial differences, but like um, the way they approach characters and character interactions feels more the same, just kind of has the same rhythm to it. Right. Um, Whereas the night of feels like it's part of an older era. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it's like a streaming thing. We could speculate all day. Anyway, oh. Mirror of Easttown. Good show. Check it cool. out. I will might I might well check it out yeah. before we get around to that episode. Depends on when we get to that episode. True. VK would stop traveling. Yeah. And having a life. Yeah. God. Insufferable. Anyway, anything else you've been up to? Um I watched the first episode of season five of Luther, because I hadn't seen that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care enough to pursue it further. Oh. Isn't the first season really good? First three are really good. Okay. Four is also pretty good. Okay. Is it a show you can stop watching after season four? Or are there like plot threads that continue afterwards? It's a show you can stop watching after season one, honestly. Oh, all right. It's, yeah, it's not super expansive. Okay. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically BBC's answer to like, um, Law and Order, not Law and Order, but like NCIS or CSI or something. <laughs> like how NCIS is the one you went for. Like just, well, I guess that is a big one. Yeah. Just a, a high profile, like just sort of crime police. Yeah. That, that realm. But with Idris Elba. But with sexy Idris Elba. I could probably just watch it, like put it on in the background just for, I'd just put to it have up... some, it's like having like one of those hormonal element or uh, middle school or high school or boys that have like the swimsuit model posters in their, in their mm-hmm. uh, room. Yep. Just having Idris Elba, like, like a moving picture of sexy Idris Elba. In your yeah. House. Yeah. But problem is I couldn't have it muted because I'd miss his, his sexy, sexy, gravelly voice. Sweet, deep voice. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Just, yeah. It, it feels like it's, it feels like it jumped to the shark at some point a couple seasons ago, but I don't know where it was because I was really enjoying it through the end of season four. <laughs> you had like rose tinted glasses through the like. I don't know because it's it's been a while since I've seen any of it. Uh, um, but it's just this this new season. Just I don't know. I don't know what's off about it. I can't put my finger on it, but I was super not into it. All right, well that's not good. So, oh well, I'll get I'll get into something like dark now that I've been looking forward to getting back yeah. into. Cool. That's. Probably it, except for one thing I know you've been up to, which I'll save. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that thing. Uh, <laughs> that's a thing that happened. <laughs> um, ooh, ooh, in case anyone who knows that that joke is not like the ooh, ooh, like not that different. Ooh, ooh. yeah. What have I been up to? Uh, so I have mentioned previously that I've been doing an Assassin's Creed playthrough all the way through with our friend Brendan. Um. And I finished Assassin's Creed Origins, which is set in ancient Egypt, and mm-hmm. is the it follows the characters who uh, kind of formed what becomes the Assassin's Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played the deal, so I finished the game. Like I knew how the game ended, but I never played the DLCs. Do you know what a DLC is? Downloadable content. And it is. Go me. Um, and for like open world games, typically what like open world RPG stuff like that, typically mm-hmm. what it, a DLC will do is gives you additional gear, hmm. um, but it'll also give you like a new area of the map mm-hmm. that you haven't explored, a new locations and stuff, and then also like a new quest line with some side quests and stuff. Just kind of like a little self-contained thing that you go and do. Mm-hmm. 
bonus um, levels and for the old school of us uh one of them valley of kings was uh or no curse of the pharaohs that's uh, what it is uh was kind of cool uh it was a little bit more mystical mm-hmm. um but it it was basically that all the past pharaohs so king tut uh, and the other ones, <laughs> uh, Nachten? Yeah, yes. I think I that know. I think that is one of. I maybe. I know that some of those syllables appear in one of their names in some order, and I kind of <laughs> just went for it. Okay, riddle me this: Why is his name King Toot in common, but we call him King Tut? I want to call him King Toot. Because <laughs> you can't say King Toot. I want to say King Toot. <laughs> Not with um, a straight face, you can't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So it was like King Tut, uh, King Ramses. Uh, the, oh yeah, the, I do know the that Ramses. Um, Return the slab for anyone who wants to just <laughs> recoil back into PTSD from child shows. <laughs> you ever watch Curl the Courage the Cowardly Dog? Never, but you did make me watch that episode once. I did? Yeah. It was about oh, good for me. It was about six years ago. I don't even think we were, like, really friends yet. <laughs> maybe that was just me trying to, like, get you to leave me alone. I was just like, maybe if I just show him this show, <laughs> he'll leave me alone. It didn't work. No, not at all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, so uh, basically they're all, like, someone cursed them or something, and they're all coming back from the dead and killing people, and then they'll return to the afterlife, and... um. It was kind of cool because what you would do is you would there were you'd go into their tomb mm-hmm. and then there would be a portal. It gets fantastical. Uh, you go into a portal and then go into an element of the Egyptian afterlife. The duat is one of them, which I thought was really cool. I, the field of reeds mm-hmm. is another. Like I don't know how the Egyptian afterlife works specifically mm-hmm. at all. I don't know why I said specifically. I really don't know how it works. I've heard the duat and I've heard the field of reeds both from the game. You pay Ubisoft, Ubisoft a little bit extra, and then they let you access the different areas of the Egyptian afterlife. Do what? You pay Ubisoft a little bit extra. Oh, and you actually, you and personally, you, you personally go... can go into, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. It, it's a 6,000-year-old corporation that <laughs> <laughs> invented the afterlife. Uh, but no, it's really cool, because like, their visualizations of the afterlife was really cool, because mm-hmm. they kind of do the same thing in uh, Odyssey, which is set in ancient Greece. You can go to Elysium, which is their... Right. Where their gods dwell. And then in Valhalla, you can go to Valhalla. Mm. Uh, and so you'd hang out with those gods. Uh, so it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, Brendan and I had texted back and forth about this a little bit. I've always really liked those those elements because it's just... Mm-hmm. Um, those The later games, they explain what the gods are. The, the gods are members of this old ancient civilization that created mm-hmm. humans and so we view them as gods just because they're more advanced versions of humans basically yeah um but kind of seeing their society and how like it kind of humanizes the gods there's you get because the stories kind of do that anyway thor just wants to break shit mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you're talking to thor he's like can i use my hammer <laughs> and you're like shut up thor <laughs> um but no, it, it was kind of cool to go. Like, their their visualizations of the duat was really cool. I really liked that one. The field of reeds is just a field of reeds. Whoa. Shocker. Um, I think we could do an episode on like we we've talked about doing religion in media, mm-hmm. but more focused on the actual religions that are practiced these days: Christianity and religion, Hinduism and in media, uh, Islam and media, stuff like that. But I got we. Before we get into mm-hmm. that, we could probably do 
like the gods of Egypt, like that kind of stuff, actual ancient mm-hmm. religions in media and talk about how are you, are you saying people don't practice worship of the gods they of Egypt? They do. And I know that because of a graphic novel I'm writing where one of the characters worships the Greek, uh, Greek pantheon. And there is a small group of people that still worship the Greek pantheon. All right. So they do. I know that, but we don't praise Ra, bearer of the sun. Yes, <laughs> that is in fact. Yeah. Hey, look at you. You know you what infidel? Egyptian things? What you infidel? Yeah, good. Uh, so yeah. Now, um, so Curse of the Pharaohs is a fun one, just mm-hmm. for like locations and kind of seeing that stuff. And you literally walk up to King Tut, and he's kind of an asshole. Uh, to he's you don't actually meet them. They're just like. <laughs> Was it the large gray CGI monster obscured by fire and smoke? Oh, yeah. It's kind of that. And you just fight them and you kill them to put them to peace. So DC like, villains. Okay. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Um, so they don't talk, but he was just really hard to fight. Okay. <laughs> um, but the other one, which is called the Hidden Ones. Uh, mm-hmm. The Hidden Ones is the gr- the organization that grew into the assassins. Okay. Um, that, I think, is the best DLC I've ever played because it does an amazing job of extrapolating from the story in a linear way uh. like where because basically you you play the story and basically the story is that of um of origins is you are a guy who's a medjai and they were basically the the protectors of the pharaoh and like the protectors of egyptian mm-hmm. people uh and your son died by means that are explored mm-hmm. uh and the people that are responsible in some way uh you are tracking down. That's kind of your your target list is those people. And okay. you do that and then you and your wife decide that like there is you you discover that these people are ingrained in the in the culture and politics and they control everything. It's mm-hmm. the you know, they're the Illuminati. Classic. Like, yeah. Um and you and your wife decide that it is time that you separate and you dedicate your lives to tracking down this order of the ancients and just protect the people because these people are like manipulating and mm-hmm. like cuz you'll go to one city and basically the guy who's called the crocodile is starving the entire organi- like city because he can make money from it mm-hmm. stuff like that and they're all bad people so uh you split and you become the hidden ones and that's the end of the story is like ah we have become the hidden ones by roll credits <laughs> um but then the DLC this DLC extrapolates from that where you have begun being like you are the original founder and like you you go to the bureau where people are and you do things and it's like a really good story involved in it Mm -hmm. but it does an amazing job of just telling more story rather than telling a different story that a lot of dlcs do you'll Mm -hmm. go through and you'll play the thing and then just like ah yeah and then i guess at some point you went and did this other thing freeze frame text on screen yeah um and so this one, it's it's one of my favorite DLCs. My other favorite DLC does the same thing, and it's also an Assassin's Creed game. Uh-huh. Where, well, they kind of they kind of made it. They did sequences of like basically missions. Mm-hmm. So I call them chapters. Right. They did chapters one through nine, and then chapter twelve, and then they released ten and eleven as DLCs. But they are also very good DLCs. Like the your character gives like a big old speech at the end that wraps you're given such a hard look. They, they um, released an unfinished game and well, charged no, people it, the for thing the is, privilege of finishing it. It those two didn't have to do with the story that needed to be concluded in a later thing because it's basically 
oh god how do i explain this they tell the story of like through nine and then the bad guy goes away like you don't actually beat him and then they're like when does he go and like actually like finish the finish the mission it doesn't happen for like 10 years and like he does stuff in the middle so basically the game was like they took those out because it was um like it was missions that didn't really pertain to the actual story that the game was telling but they were things that would have happened in the meantime so like they could have been dlcs but sequentially they needed to be um put where they were Mm mm-hmm uh, so, so it made sense. Like it wasn't that they released an incomplete game. It was, Hey, there's other stuff that he did. Like, yeah, like there's other mm-hmm. stuff he did, but it's in the middle. Cause one of them is called bonfire of the vanities. Do you know what bonfire of the vanities are vaguely? There's a novel of the name. Probably based on it. I don't know, but it's, Somewhere. uh, um, they burnt like a big book burning mm-hmm. thing that happened in Italy and you it were involved in trying to stop that. But that didn't have to do with the story that the game had been telling up to that point. Mm-hmm. So, but like the the way that the story concluded was something that happened after the bonfire of the vanities. It was when Pope Alexander the Sixth became Pope. Uh-huh. Happened after, and that's the ending of the story. So, like they kind of had to say, oh, "Yeah, that happens in there." <laughs> so they they kind of prepared themselves for that, okay. which, which was smart. Two is a very good game. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a bad anyway. Uh, so that that was a really fun game. Uh, if you ever play Assassin's Creed, I hope that like my long stretch of all these episodes talking about the Assassin's Creed playthrough, someone who's interested in going to play those games can take that into account. And if you ever play uh, the Assassin's Creed all the way through, or just ever, and you get to Od- or Origins, play the Hidden Ones DLC. It is a good one. I recommend it. Wholeheartedly recommend. Um, so I finished Origins and I started playing Odyssey. I'll update more on on later, but mm-hmm. Odyssey is such a such a well done game. Like I I always liked Origins better than Odyssey, but I think that's because I waited so long to play Odyssey that I played Origins for so long that I just uh, I had infinity for Origins. Right. Um, but Odyssey is a solid game. <laughs> okay. So I'm excited to play that uh, cool. more. Um, I've also been so. It was a week, it was a while ago where I talked about, I'd been listening to Head Full of Dreams by Coldplay. And I had described the music mm-hmm. as being very reflective of the album cover, which is very colorful and kaleidoscopy and mm-hmm. fractal images and stuff like that. Like, it just feels that like that listening to it. Sure. Um, probably mostly when I'm high, but, you know, it does it. Um, I have continued to just, like, do the rest of their music. Um, okay. I've, I'll choose a, an, a, an album. I've listened to most of their albums before, mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to actually be familiar with their music. Yeah, they kind of feel like one of those bands that everyone's heard, but no one's listened to. Right, exactly. Uh, and they have so much good music. Mm-hmm. My God, like, they're very underrated. Uh, the reason I... Okay, this is a little finicky because I'm going to get hate from multiple people if we had listeners, uh, I hate you. <laughs> so I very cautiously say that they're underrated because they are a popular band. They're a band that everyone knows in it. You know, the name of Coldplay. And yeah. Kind I, of could, my... I could probably recognize a few songs even. Right. Um, but it, like you said, it's a band that people have heard, but never listened to. But then 
There's also the people who love Coldplay who feel like they're like the hipsters because they mm-hmm. actually listen to Coldplay. And it's like this, I feel like they live in their own little void. Like there's just like this Coldplay realm that mm-hmm. it's just kind of underrated, underappreciated realm that the only people that actually appreciate them are people that are hippies or hippies, hipsters typically, but everyone knows them. And it's a, yeah. it's, it's a weirdly unique experience or like not experience but weirdly unique position for them to be in Mm -hmm. um but they have a lot of really good music um the thing that i've that i find really interesting uh listening to because i've I've gotten more into listening to a music listening to a music listening to music as an album rather than individual songs generally a good habit a result of that is that i can very clearly identify style things that they do Mm -hmm. like for this album the bass tends to really follow the root of the chord like a lot Mm -hmm. it's not a very and like it kind of maybe there's a reason for it but then for this one like it's the same band maybe even earlier like an earlier album and Mm -hmm. it doesn't like and it's noticing that noticing how the drummer plays specifically um sure there's uh so for I can't remember the name of it, but it's a, it's an album. If anyone who knows songs by Coldplay, you know what? It's probably on my recently played. I'm sure. A rush of blood to the head. Oh my god! Literally on my recently played. I just perfect. A nice. rush of blood to the head. Uh, it's got clocks. It's got the scientists. Um, songs that you've probably heard. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a strong tendency in this specific album for the rhythm or for the time signature to be a common time signature, but mm-hmm. the rhythms to divide it up differently. Okay. So instead of it being like, it's like da, 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 like that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like for different variations of it yeah. for like most of the album. Cool. It's very strong in that album. And it's like, it's something that I, I think about this all the time when I, when I notice this kind of stuff, uh, I kind of do the same thing with Mr. Wives and Paramore. Like I can notice mm-hmm. these very clear style things that they do for that album is I want to write a song about that album using the style decisions that they've made for okay. that album. So that like you listen to that and you're like, Oh, it's about that album. And it feels like it comes from that album. Yeah. And I can't, and most people be like, I can't tell why. And then there's the people who like me and probably you and other like people mm-hmm. with a very keen ear uh would be able to go oh it's because of this like musical technique that they're using and stuff like that right and i just i want to do that it seems like it'd be so much fun to listen to it and dissect and write down things that they do in this album and then write a song using all of those techniques and like mimic the songs because i noticed this stuff um there'll be like youtube videos or tiktoks of people saying ah i'm gonna play stairway to heaven in the style of acdc but it's just like the song back in black, but with the stairway to heaven lyrics over it. Like it's not the style. It's just, no. you're just playing a, a medley yeah. of the two songs. Yeah. You're not capturing the style. You're capturing a song. Yeah. And, uh, some of them do it really well. Some of them are like, yeah, like it's easy to capture ACDC style. Cause the drummer just two, four beats all the time. Nothing but backbeat. Can't stand it as a drummer who likes fancy <laughs> shit, but, <laughs> but like it, it serves its purpose. Um, so that's just something that, that I've noticed a lot uh, listening to their stuff. A lot of it's really good. I, I Any particular recommendations? Do what? Any particular recommendations? Um, weirdly, uh, 
their popular ones are the ones that stick out to me the most right now. Uh, I'm still not familiar mm-hmm. with the music yet, so yeah. I can't really fully recommend things yet. If I could look at them, like, if I listened to them mm-hmm. and say, like, and I heard bits of it, I'd say that's what I recommend that is not a single that was on the radio. Right. Um, but, I mean, yeah, generally the public is not too bad at picking out highlights of yeah, particular I can, artists. I can see plays for all of their songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the in a rush of Blood to the Head, um, The Scientist has one billion view or listens everything Sounds else right. is below 100 million like there it's just that's the song that people know mm-hmm. so now that i know that and i know which songs of this album i like politic the first song on that album 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 <laughs> alibi alibus <laughs> alibus dumbledore <laughs> <laughs> uh politic is really good um Clocks is another well-known one. Classic. Uh, I think Warning Sign is also good. So if you... There you go. Uh, Politic and Warning Sign from um, A Rush of Blood to the Head are two songs that I really like from that album. Cool. I'm finding that a lot of their albums are no-skip albums for me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just very few songs in their albums that I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't feel like listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Also, other music I'm listening to. New album from 21 Pilots. Oh. What's great about this song, so or this album, man, I just love talking about music. I've gotten mm-hmm. really into like, th- like talking about music and dissecting and stuff. Um, and another one. Oh my God, I've been listening to so much music. I know why. It's because I've been moving yep. and doing a migration at work, which is a lot of just like, just to get your head down and do stuff. So I've been listening to a lot of music. Yep. Um, so 21 Pilots, Scaled and Icy. Uh, all of their past albums are all very depression centered. Like, mm-hmm. cause he struggles with it a lot and he does a very good job of, uh, v- not visualizing it. Audio, audio, uh, lyricizing what it feels go. like. Um, and that's why I've always really liked him. He's a very good lyricist and I like mm-hmm. hearing kind of the interesting things like I connect with cause you know, depression. Um, but this one is so different. Nick, our friend Nick, uh, re- like likes this one more than he liked the last one. The last one was a little bit artsy and also depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is basically just like, "Hey, I love my wife." Like it's just all, right. all <laughs> such happy stuff. It's like, like I, I haven't listened to the lyrics deeply yet to like understand what they're mm-hmm. saying, but it all just it's it just all feels a lot happier and like. You're great. I love you so much. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Uh, Another one I've been listening to is uh, Mr. Wives' more recent album. I don't know the name of it off the bat, Uh, but... I don't know who that is. What's fun is you might recognize a song. Um, Maybe. It's called Super Bloom. There it is. Uh, Oh, they released a a new single. Mm. check that out later yeah um super bloom is uh completely about one thing and that is about her divorce with her husband -husband. ex-husband um fun fact her ex-husband is the drummer of the band and is still the drummer of the band oh so i just like and so it was a interesting it it was a pretty from what I've read, it was a pretty like mutual and understanding mm-hmm. divorce. Like it was just like, this just isn't working. A lot of her lyrics talk about that. Like it was just mm-hmm. the love kind of disappeared. It's not, there was no it happens. big thing that made one hate another. It was just like, you know, we're just, it just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the entire album listening to it, I cannot stop but thinking of just her singing this stuff in the like in the studio and the drummers there just like this is about me. <laughs> this is so sad. Like there's a song it's like uh we went to bed together bed together and then I woke up and you were gone. I've been watching you fade and it's just like <laughs> the audio technician in the booth is just giving him weird looks. <laughs> but it's just it, that's never marry someone in the same band. Never ends well. I'll take that under advisement. Advisement? Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what's the other thing I've done? Oh, uh, I launched a company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Heard about that. Uh, we've been talking about it a little bit. We've referenced it off, mm-hmm. uh, offhand a couple times. Would past you say referenced it? I hate you. Uh, REM Productions is uh, the company that Andrew, who has been a guest on here, uh, my partner and one of my closest friends, we, we know started a uh, entertainment production company focused on supporting uh, local artists, starting local until mm-hmm. we get, you know, nationwide. Nationwide uh, is Supporting local side. artists that um, have great ideas that may not have the means or the resources to pursue those ideas. Mm-hmm. Um uh it's just you know if someone if i always use tommy mcwriter is my example is always my go-to they're oh, yeah. my yeah, what's yeah. The, the there's a um a term used in advertising that that's your target person you create a person that you're advertising to mm-hmm. that's my guy tommy mcwriter he comes up with an idea but he's i don't know just a mathematician but he's got a really good idea for a for a short for short film okay no clue how to make it and so, I mean, Tommy can go to Disney or to Warner Media and say, hey, I've got this idea. Can I make it? Or like Blumhouse or A24 or something like that. And if it's a great idea, like it, great. But he still might not make it. Yeah. Might not, not going to do it. They'll so like probably send him on his way and then repurpose it into something that makes $400 right. million. And dollars so our goal is literally like REM officially owns no property. Um we just make deals with people that we will mm-hmm. help them create their content uh, or just publish it. Not even like if it's someone's like, I've made this short film. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and it's like, cool, we'll do it. We'll put it out there. And then yeah. you get most of the money. I mean, we're a company, so we have to, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a thing that we've been building for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we officially launched on June 1st. You can go to our website, reimproductions.net. Don't ask. <laughs> Do ask. It's a fascinating story. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, go there. Uh, you can go to our website, watch all of our stuff, listen to all our stuff. This podcast is officially part of the uh, company. I have corporate overlords. We, I am the corporate overlord. It's a very <laughs> weird power dynamic going on in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, he's the smart one. I'm the one with the money. It's kind of how it goes. Wait, I'm the smart one around here? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. So we've got podcasts, we've got short films, we've got short stories. Potentially coming down potentially the road a little bit. Out. Um, we've got an artist, Jay Fusion, who we will eventually, hopefully mm-hmm. soon, have on the podcast. I actually listened to a little of his stuff. Yeah. I have like an anti-frame of reference on rap. <laughs> <laughs> like all of my instincts are screaming, this is terrible and you're supposed to hate it. But I liked it. I was yeah. digging it. He, he's got some, he's got some freaking bop, dude. I yeah. Like I'm not a hip hop person, but like there are songs that I genuinely catch myself rapping to myself. I don't know the lyrics, so like, 
Kind of just bump into yourself yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so check him out. He's got a lot of music videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a very firm partnership with him, mostly because he's a good friend of ours. So we're yeah. just like, yeah, we're just going to. This is how you start um, things. We've you got. Rope all your friends in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> how this happened. Um, we've got short films coming out soon. Not soon. Over over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to make any promises about when they do, but we have a plan for regular intervals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got more musical artists. We've got another podcast that might happen, might start happening relatively soon. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff in in motion. Um, plug in my company. It's not like we're just the small part of the company. We are technically the oldest property of the company. Represent. Well, maybe not. Jamal's been rapping for a lot longer. Yeah, okay. And he has a bigger following. He's the more important property. Go check him out. Yes. J Fusion. Just J Stop Space listening to Fusion. us. Yeah. Go Why do you out. listen to us? Yeah. Go, go check out J Fusion. He's great. I love yep. him. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. Uh, that We launched on June 1st. <laughs> so the couple weeks before it were uh, making sure that advertisements were built and the, the website was done and yep. uh, just a bunch of stuff. Um, go follow it on Instagram. Uh, it's called Planet REM, Planet dot REM, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. Do that. Go to the website. The website is the website is the hub. If you want to, if there's mm-hmm. anything that you want to find that has to do with us, go to the website. The website will have everything, and it will have. Uh, we have a page. The podcast has a page that you can go to. Nice. It's got information about us. Uh, we need to get some bios on like us personally. Um, this is Preston. He's an idiot. Yes, this is Matt. He's an idiot. Um, it'll have the links to all the ways you can listen to or watch all the main ways. We're not going to link player FM app. Um, I haven't been listing that in my end of episode. It's an spiel. app. Because well, like, like podcast apps are a ton of them that they just, they just search the web for RSS feeds. You can make a list of them and still not have all the apps that ha- that we're on. I don't know how this works. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can go to that page. Uh, you can, that's where all, you can find all the other artist stuff and where you can go find them and listen to them and stuff like that. Or you can watch the short film coyote. That's what the uwu is hey, about. Yeah. Uh, we released our first short film, uh, directed, written, produced everything by Andy. Also kind of produced by me. Not really. He just gave me produce, producer credit cause he used my kitchen utensils <laughs> <laughs> and our house to film. Um, that's a heck of a negotiation right? like hey, i will let we... you use my knife that i did or in all fairness spend like 200 dollars on thanks gage for selling me expensive gear uh uh i will let you use this knife if i get executive producer credit on this <laughs> on this uh it's great it's uh, about 12 minutes yeah runtime yep uh on youtube it's good original music by don't remember his name uh stars jamal williams who is also j fusion he's just all over the place yeah he's really good in it yeah he is uh it's it's a solid short film done with zero budget for a class yeah i cannot wait to see what andy pulls out when he's got a budget and time and a crew that it's dedicated to actually making the thing not just passing the class mm-hmm. i'm so excited yeah uh, he's got so many good ideas I'm glad he's our creative director. He's creative dude. <laughs> <laughs> he is great. Uh, so yeah, go check out REM stuff. Just go soak it all in. Um, we'll be updating. I, I will update anytime there's yeah. a new thing happening because we are a official like, partner of the podcast or of the of the company. Yep. We're both actively involved in it. Yep. Me more so because I'm a owner of the company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, go check all that stuff out if you haven't if you haven't seen. 
Most people who listen are friends of ours and have been getting assaulted exactly. by information about this company. Um, but Nick Scientist, in case you haven't seen it, go check it out. <laughs> For one very particular person. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been up to. All right. We are at 48 minutes. Boy, Let's not talk about we? news. We should talk about some news. All right. Oh, yeah, you should talk about Coyote as a as a pure viewer. Oh yeah, I should talk. A what do you think about, about it? You, you watched Coyote. How is I that, did. How is that? I I haven't heard of it. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a it's a no budget student movie. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said stupid movie for a second. I was like, geez. It's a starting st- strong stupid movie. <laughs> no, like it's a I I don't know how much I should say about the premise or the plot because kind of part of the fun is revealing things as it goes along. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a nice quick thirteen minutes. It keeps the pace going. It never feels like it drags. But like you get about three minutes in, and you realize there haven't been there hasn't been any dialogue yet. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a I didn't realize that. It's no, it's it's well constructed. It um it gets you to feel what you need to feel when you need to feel it. I for a while cuz I'd watched it and then it kind of disappeared into a void for me cuz I was focused on business stuff, yep. as business director. Um and then over time I was kind of like it's probably fine. It's probably okay like as a student film, like mm-hmm. it's probably not that great. And then Andrew showed me the final cut, like as when he finished it, I'm like, oh, I actually got chills at this point. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. This is way better than I remember. <laughs> Look at me tooting, like plugging and praising my own company's content. I mean, you kind of have to, right? That's, that's the whole job. But also, I wouldn't be doing things that I didn't genuinely think were good. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. No, it's, uh, I, I know basically nothing about short films. I've seen like six in my life, but mm-hmm. this one, it's, it's got momentum and it like spaces out reveals just right. And, um, kind of all comes to a climax at the perfect time and leaves you going, Oh no, <laughs> just the right amount. Yep. It's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Back to news. Now back to news. Stop talking about start. Stop tooting our own horns. <laughs> Uh, news, we got a Eternals teaser, teaser trailer. Yes. Oh my God. It's been three weeks since we recorded. Yeah. That one came out like right, right after. after. We recorded. Yeah. Pretty much immediately after. Thoughts? Oh, looks, looks fun. Looks Rob's, weird. Rob Stark gets to be snarky. Rob Snark. <laughs> um, John stare into the middle distance as dark CGI clouds approach. John Snow, Kit Harrington. Is he in it? Yeah, he's in the trailer. Briefly. Are they both in it? Yeah. We've been over this. <laughs> yeah, we... but you know I have a bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I am very intrigued by this movie and a little I'm... bit concerned. My biggest concern is that there is a speedster. And speedsters. People with super speed are the easiest to royally fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like, it can just be the most inconsistent powers. Like, it's comics do it so horribly where it's just like, yep. oh, like, I'm running out of time. I have, to, I have to run between Sacramento and New York, like, really quickly. And then, like, two issues ago, he appeared in, like, Hong Kong in an instant. Like, it's just, it's inconsistent. Yeah. 
Um, also, how do you do that? Like, how do you visualize it? I have always hated the way they did the... Well, no, I'm... I'm very conflicted on how they handled the Flash in the mm-hmm. uh, DC world. Um, but... Oh, dude, it's... I saw the one clip of it where it's just like, Zoop, and I'm like, mm, uh oh, something's there's gonna be some vague, like, ambiguous power sets going on here. Oh, I'm sure. Also, don't really know what's going on with most of their powers. Yeah, because like in the comics, they've all kind of got just they're not a very well defined group of characters in the comics. They're like, um, I think the story is Jack Kirby wanted to do New Gods with marvel oh and they wouldn't let him so the Eternals was kind of his rip off of his own idea almost um and so they're they don't have much backstory and they're not super well defined they mostly just have like the generic superhero power set of they're super smart and super strong and they can shoot lasers out of their nostrils and they what (laughs) is that an actual thing oh god at least one of them definitely does have eye beams though okay because someone has to have eye beams yeah um, now what color are the eye beams i think they're white or like maybe like really pale blue kind of thing i want green eye beams we haven't gotten green eye beams i'm sure we have oh starfire in the teen titans show can shoot green green eye beams Yay! How'd you miss that one? That's nah, because I don't remember much about her power. <laughs> also, I don't think she has green eye beams in comics. Oh, that would she just shoots. Makes sense then. Anyway, anyway, yeah, no, it'll. Uh, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a mess because that is what six characters that we've never seen. All of them have powers. We have to explain their story. Yep. We have to make a story, unless it's just going to be a movie of exposition, which is just like them just chilling out, talking about their lives. That'd be horrible. Um, Isn't Nomadland that? No, because it's a story that, like... I don't know, I haven't seen it Also, yet. it's one character that doesn't have superpowers <laughs> that you have to explain. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me Frances McDormand doesn't have superpowers? Uh, her superpower is being terrifyingly adorable. Like, she's both terrifying and also endearing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I guess more adorably terrifying would be more. Because terrifyingly adorable means she's adorable, but she's so adorable. Like Her adorableness the, is the is, terrifying yeah, quality. Yeah, but she's adorably terrifying. Like she's ende- endearingly terrifying. Yeah. Francis, Francis endearingly terrifying. Endearingly terrifying McDormand. There we go. That really just rolls off the tongue. Really does. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Eternals uh, will probably be either like eight hours long or just confusing. Yeah. There's no gray area with this. I'm really having trouble seeing how this is going to be good. Yeah. And that seems a little harsh. Like, I I... think it'll be on par with like um, Captain Marvel where it's fine. It'll be a low end Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, no, it's, um, it just, there's a lot of things going on and it's, it's also tough to tell. We don't have a frame of reference for something like this. We don't have a superhero movie that deals with like basically these 
gods that have existed for millennia and have been influencing human events and it's got all this detailed it's just it's a completely different shape of the thing yeah um so no wonder i'm having my trouble having trouble wrapping my head around how it's actually going to work out but like i don't know yeah i just i don't know how how it's going to work and i i know that chloe jow is great yeah but speaking of nomad land exactly that's why i brought it oh, up oh i see um just having a great director is not enough to make a great movie right. uh captain marvel which you brought up is bottom tier mcu or depending on how granular you get with your tears yeah near the bottom um that was made by uh anna Bowden and ryan fleck who are great directorial mm-hmm. teams made one of my favorite movies of the past decade mississippi grind mm-hmm. um so having Chloe Zhao is no guarantee that they're actually going to pull it off. Right. I mean, it might just be a case where her style is completely incompatible with the what yeah. the MCU wants to do. But who knows? Maybe it'll be something that just completely transcends the genre and redefines what, how we think of comic book stories. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a lot of potential in telling the story of these people that have shown up, like these you know gods that have shown up after the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they kind of made jokes about it in the trailer, but I think yeah. there's a lot of like interesting potential for story the thing that makes me think this isn't going to be good is that it's one movie Mm -hmm. like i think that introducing them slowly over the course of phase four five six would be better because it's like oh why are they here like who are they kind of introduce them really slowly because it's just it's just it's a lot and it's big yeah for one movie post infinity saga yeah so yeah i'm uh kind of skeptical yeah i'm getting a inhumans vibe just a little bit Mm. um and where did that go did they cancel it before the the season finished or did they release the rest of it i mean the whole the whole season is out on disney plus it's on disney plus yeah it's buried booze and booze it it's hard to find but we should booze and we should or just get drunk on our own and yeah yeah that sounds like a a terrible way to spend a weekend i am (laughs) fully on board (laughs) yeah we got like all our our movie buff friends together and just drink the (laughs) (laughs) kool-aid all right so that's inhumans what else has happened uh not inhuman yes inhumans eternals eternals i'm in your head Uh, yes (laughs) my plan is working uh we got a trailer for last night in soho edgar wright's new movie we did did you watch it i believe i watched it i don't remember it you probably didn't watch it knowing that it was edgar wright maybe maybe should i pause and watch it right now sure Oh my god. <laughs> you look traumatized. Okay. Is he okay? Is Edgar Wright okay? No. <laughs> so. Oh. He went from zero to a hundred real quick. Yep. Wow. Well, I guess not zero. He went from like. You know, he went from humor to horror real quick. Yeah. Which also fits into our pattern of comedy people doing horror movies yeah oh my god i'm so excited to see his style do a horror yeah because like it's just he's very like visual and quick and like like he's gonna do jump scares right yeah 
He's going to do jump scares where you think there's going to be jump scares, but then does it a little differently. So it's going to scare you both that it happened and also that it is different. And it's just going to be, dude, I'm going to. The shadow person walking down the stairs looked so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good okay. effects. So we got Thomas and McKenzie, who's awesome. Matt we got Smith. Anya Taylor Joy, who's awesome. And Matt Smith, who's looks really creepy in this. Mm-hmm. And... So is it. What do we know about it? Do we know anything about it? Very Other little. Than... Okay. Theories. Uh, Well, it looks like sort of a midnight in Paris kind of situation where she travels back in time. Um, and just it. So, that, I mean, they've clearly setting up okay she's inhabiting the body um but i think it's more of my guess is it's some sort of almost like a cross temporal possession kind of thing where the if she she can go back and relive the past but then that also lets the past come forward and live her and then yeah maybe like inhabit her somehow yeah and maybe like the friend like the matt smith character killed the her past inhabited person and now mm-hmm. that she's and so oh that maybe that's okay this is my theory okay all right what's the group what's the main actress's name not anya uh thomas and mckenzie Tom, thomas and mckenzie she has the ability like stumbles upon the ability to go back mm-hmm. uh and inhabit anya taylor joy's person and she loves it because anya taylor joy lives a luxurious life uh and maybe whatever her name is again yeah luxurious uh, and like confident and yeah they, and so, and so maybe that. she in her real life is like uh kind of down in the dumps poor like doesn't have well you, you look at like the first 20 seconds of the trailer and it's like she just kind of feels isolated yeah. and uh lonely and so she gets full of that but it's not actually her doing it it's like like whatever cosmic mm-hmm. reason or whatever right but then anya taylor joy knows that her character is gonna die and so she like inha- inhabits her Mm-hmm. to try to get away from it somehow and like try to take over yeah Matt smith finds a way to also go forward to kill her both in both times or something okay i'm starting to get uh christopher nolan e <laughs> i think that that might be what's going on is like we're getting matt smith trying to kill anya taylor joy through mm-hmm. her and she's just a middle person that's my theory yeah it's not a robust theory. It's not also no. not a stretch from what we've seen. No, I mean, there's a lot of directions this can go, but that's an entirely plausible one. I'm excited. Yeah, looks good. Bo Burnham's inside. Have you seen anything about this? Thought he was outside waiting for us to be done with this, so then he could come in and record his. I don't know where that bit was going. Bo Burnham is. Do you know who Bo Burnham is? Comedian. Yeah, musical comedian. Um. We've seen this trajectory in the past two specials he's done, um, mm-hmm. What and Make Happy, uh, where he's getting a bit less goofy and making vagina jokes and ha <laughs> <laughs> I'm 18. Um, his last two specials have gotten a little bit more existential, more commentary okay. on it's like humans, like the oddities of humans. Um and more commentary on social on his social anxiety and depression and mental illness and stuff. Okay. Um, and the ending of Make Happy is a really like it's 
it's a joke. Like every, all of his like commentary is guised in a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does a very big Kanye bit where he's like distorting his voice and the lights are very Kanye. And he's like, uh, he's basically singing about, uh, he ordered Chipotle and went down the line and then they put too much into the, wrap the burrito and he's like i wouldn't have gotten the beans if i knew it wouldn't fit i wouldn't have got the lettuce if i knew it wouldn't fit um but it's more about like him like i gotta go back and listen to it like him making mistakes in his life and how mm-hmm. like it's like culminating into things that have are becoming things that he didn't like if he'd known back then he wouldn't have made those decisions that have, are leading him to what's going on now with him right um and it's like i've loved where he's been going and once that trailer or once that uh, thing happens like it it's just like uh thanks for watching i hope you're happy and then like drops the mic and walks off stage like that like because his commentary is like his kind of broad commentary is that he uh he's 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 making himself into a joke to make people people laugh like mm-hmm. it's the, the entertainers thing he's got a um, bit that's been used a lot on tiktok of um a comedian or an actor is really just a person who never grew up and learned that he's not always the center of attention. Um, okay. And that kind of stuff, like commentating on commenting on his own, like using himself as the centerpiece of I'm a fool. I'm making a fool of myself mm-hmm. professionally. And like what I'm doing is like negatively affecting my life and like stuff like that. Um, and after he released that special, he became like, he, kind of went really into a deep agoraphobia and like locked himself in and said, he's never going to do comedy again and stuff like that. And then right as he was kind of like healing and ready to come back out, pandemic happened. Oh no. And so this is a special done with Netflix that is entirely done in one room, Mm -hmm. just him filming. And like, there's some cool shots of him figuring out how like lighting works and how, and how camera angles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to describe what he did with it because there's a lot I want to talk about. Um, One of the things is I've talked about Hamilton and how the first time Lin-Manuel Miranda ever sang Aunt Hamilton in front of like white, I think it was like a white house correspondence center. They laughed because they thought it was a joke. Like Mm -hmm. it was just like, ah, I'm singing about this is like this unknown guy. I'm Alexander Hamilton. (laughs) Like he wasn't laughing. He was serious. Mm -hmm. Then you watch the, musical and you go back and you're like they're laughing at a thing that's this is a good serious musical yeah um it's the flip of this almost where like he has funny songs Mm -hmm. but it's all really like like it's a song called welcome to the internet and it's just like um can i interest you in everything all of the time um (laughs) apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime like it's just like our need for constant simulation via the internet yeah uh he's got a thing that like look who's inside again like you go outside just for a look for a reason to go back inside Mm -hmm. like it's all these like songs that are just about commentary like he's got a couple bits that are like songs that are just bits like I'm FaceTiming with my mom and now her thumb is on the screen and I can't see her and I'm wasting time on FaceTime with my mom. Like just something like that. But it's, um, a lot of like social commentary on, uh, race and him being a rich white guy. He's got a, a a bit that's a sock puppet. And it's like, why do you rich white people always have to look at these issues through the guise of your own, like, Yep. white savior mentality and like because he's very 
like self-reflective about it. Sure. He kind of comments on how it's a, this loop of, I mean, I want to be an ally. So I view these social issues, but I'm viewing it through the guise of being a rich white guy. So I'm commenting on how I'm using it through a guise of a rich white guy, but that's kind of me commenting on like, <laughs> like it, it's, it's, he comments on how it's something that we can't ever really grasp yeah. because you can't like, it's just, it's not possible. Um, and it's just there. The reason I brought up that Hamilton thing is it's a flip is there's a lot of, I was watching it with some friends with Andrew and uh, his girlfriend and some other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were several times that people were laughing at things and I'm like, dude, this hits like also side note, the music is really good. Like he's <laughs> a phenomenal musician, but like the visuals, he can finally use like filming visuals. Cause he's been mm-hmm. doing a lot of film stuff. He did eighth grade, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, right. He's done a lot. Like he did like a thing, like he's done stuff in the past. Um, he's, he, uh, played in, uh, a, one of the characters in, um, promising young women, uh, which oh, yeah. is a, one of the Oscar ones. Uh, yep. and, but like, there's one where he's talking about how, uh, Oh, I can't remember the actual words. Um, uh, basically the song was him, uh, it's from the perspective of someone who's like putting themselves on a cross. Like, Oh, I've made the mistakes in my, Oh, it was, um, I, I played Aladdin when I was a kid and looking back like that probably wasn't racially sensitive. And like mm-hmm. someone going like, Oh, I was racist, but I'm not racist anymore. And like kind of thing. Like, and then like in the end, he's got like lights of, of him on a cross, like pretend like, like commenting yep. on yep. white people putting themselves on a cross. And it's just, it's, it it's ethereal it hits like the music is genuinely really good it's all right such a good special and the thing that i struggle with is i want kaylin because she hasn't seen any of the specials i want her to go through it she's not a huge stand-up person but i want her to mm-hmm. experience bo burnham um but i have to put her through the early stuff that's like really goofy so that you can watch that progression of like oh like he's youtube done right he did he just used to be a youtuber we would just post funny videos of him singing funny songs yeah and he got a special and then he got another special and then he got another special and he's like oh maybe i can do a little bit more like intelligent stuff with this and then he got another one he's like more intelligent i'm gonna talk about my social or like my mental issues and then he got this and it's just oh my god <laughs> it, he and he's 26 He's had five, six, five, five or six comedy specials, and he is now just this like intelligent artist of music, comedy, film. Like, what I'm so excited next? to yeah. see where he goes. Like, because I've been excited to see where he goes, and he is. It did not let me down with Inside. I, oh my god, I think I might just have you over to watch it. Like, just skip all the past. Just watch this one. Yeah. Um. It's so good. I I wholeheartedly recommend it to people who like juxtaposition of what you're watching versus what you're being told. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, and and like, and who aren't afraid to really just be thrown the uncomfortable reality of being white at your face. Like, is it, it does that. Um, It's just, it's so good. It's so artistic. And the music, I, I've been singing the internet song mm-hmm. like in my head all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I like, I think it's a 10. Wow. I, I genuinely think it's a 10 because it's uh, like, I, I use tens as my kind of criteria defining. Mm-hmm. Cause it's funny. 
it gets serious, but like still it's, it's just layers <laughs> of, and it's a comedy special. I use 10 as my criteria defining what, what is the gold standard for specifically what that is doing. And that mm-hmm. is 10. All right. And it's just, it's so good. I so much recommend it to everybody, but not everyone's going to like it because nope. it, like it's not for everybody, but I just, it's, and I know there's bits of it that I would rave about if I could think about it again. Like I've oh, yeah. watched it twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, he uses colors masterfully. Mm-hmm. He has a song about Jeffrey Bezos of just him going, Jeffrey Bezos, Jeffrey Bezos, and just that. <laughs> it's just, um, it's, he is such a phenomenal artist. I, I strive to be him. One, he's, he's one of the, the, the people that I, that I model what I do after, mm-hmm. like, depending on what I'm doing, like, um, I just, I, it's, it's so good. I, okay, I'll stop raving. We need to get back to news. Uh, what else has happened? Amazon bought MGM. I saw that. I have concerns. I have so many concerns. (laughs) Uh, this means, uh, James Bond from now on will be all Amazon. Yep. Which means we'll probably get a James Bond show. Wouldn't shock me. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Amazon, stick to your lane, dude. Their <laughs> lane is of now Jeffrey Bezos, everything. <laughs> oh my god! Like, I mean, okay. So, for people who are wondering why this is a thing, <laughs> Amazon is a is an online retail store that just bought an entertainment company. Yep. Well, they're also making probably the most expensive TV show ever right now mm-hmm. with Lord of the Rings. They've What's their deal with New Line on that? Is there a deal with New Line? I don't Does think New there Line is. have any rights? I, I don't know. Must be all under the Tolkien estate. Surely. They've made Oscar-nominated movies in the past. Um, Who? Amazon. Oh. What got nominated? Uh, One Night in Miami, Sound of Metal. Uh, Those are Amazon. Yeah. Oh! At least, at least they acquired them. Right. Um, Manchester by the Sea, going back a few years. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, well, I mean, MGM really doesn't have any flagships besides James Bond, do they? They have a lot of minor stuff, but like... No, but what a flagship. Like, that's Oh, no kidding. Arguably the most successful film franchise of all time. Right. Well, we'll see how MCU goes. I mean... With the, with the stand-up. Yeah, it depends on time. how you define it. But yeah. like, box office, they're up there, yeah. and they've... This is they're coming up on their everyone knows James Bond. Yeah, they're six and a half decades into this. Yeah, seven decades into this. Yeah, Many I decades. mean, I it's I don't know. Yeah, so I was I was just kind of like cautiously on the fence, and then I um, read a an article, um, maybe it's just a letter in New York Times uh, from a guy John Logan, I think is his name. No, oh, two first names. He must be a DC character. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a Oscar-nominated writer who uh, was one of the co-writers on Skyfall and Spectre. Oh. Um, and he said this is a really bad decision. Oh. Not because Amazon aren't competent filmmakers um, or competent at producing entertainment, mm-hmm. uh, but because 
they approach it with a completely different philosophy than MGM and specifically the Broccoli family has with uh, James Bond. I forgot that's the Broccoli's. Broccoli's. It's a VeggieTales subsidiary. (laughs) (laughs) The cauliflower. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Anyway, moving on. Um, His argument is that uh, James Bond has, it's, it is a very creative out of the box. It's a different kind of movie making experience. Mm -hmm. People are just, throwing interesting stuff at the wall and going in all kinds of different directions um, and just exploring different things they can do with it. Um, And that's part of the thing that's kept it fresh and vibrant over the past 60 years, 70 years is they're constantly updating it and approaching, uh, figuring out new ways to approach the character and new ways to just introduce elements to it. It doesn't always work. They've got their fair share of real stinkers. Spectre, for example, coming off a bad one right there. Um, but it is a process that he his his way of putting it is basically it's a process that works really well when you're not trying to optimize for profit or mass appeal necessarily. Um, yeah, you're emphasizing more the creativity and trusting <clears throat> that the profit and mass appeal yeah. will follow on the long term. Right. Um, Amazon. And these streaming giant entertainment companies are going to be much more interested in profit eyeballs on screen, right. profit margin kind of thing. And they're going to produce it with a different approach. He's, he's figuring it's going to end up being more sanitized, um, more, uh, not lowest common denominator necessarily, but like least offensive to most yeah. kind of approach. Um, and that's the sort of thing that could kill the franchise. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing that would, at yeah, the very least just, to... mm-hmm like entice people to go watch it if it's just like ah yeah it's just another run of the like james bond's lost its way like it's just yeah if it's just another spy movie yeah then who cares yeah it's got to be james bond and be james bond right so i think that's a that's a major risk um we have a, a long way to go before we see anything that happens 25 is done so yeah. they don't have yeah they have no control over that they I I don't even know if they it changes anything with the distribution on right. that. But that No Time to Die is coming out. It was supposed to come out. Poor Daniel Craig has wanted to be done being James Bond oh forever. God. But he has to go through yet one more press circuit with it when it ramps up for like a November release this oh, year now. Man. The movies... When are movies coming out? We have a list of this now. now yeah, that one's, that one's November, I think. Because yeah. that one, that was the first one to get pushed back, really. Mm-hmm. And it's just keep continuing to get pushed back. Keeps getting pushed back, and then they kind of back and back. They kind of overshot with the last push, I think. Mm. So unfortunate, but it'll happen. It'll happen. Yep. I'll have to rev myself back up into hype. Every couple months or so, I listen to the the title song again. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. It's a good song. She's been releasing a lot of music lately, and I have not been keeping up with it. She's yeah. been dropping them like weekly, so I was just like, I'm getting left behind. Yeah, I'm probably just gonna wait till the album comes out so that I can. Yeah. That's the thing that I with music, I try not to listen to the singles very much. Like I'll I'll listen to it once, but like it it it's it plays into that element that I was talking about, like listening mm-hmm. to it as an album, because if like if I listen to the singles a lot. Then when the album comes out with the single, mm-hmm. it's going to feel like a bump in the road on the process of listening to the album. Like, okay. I'll be listening to like, 
Good song. Good song. Up, oh, heard this one. Like it kind of kills my momentum. Okay. And like the next song tends like like it's literally a pothole. Where like hmm. I've heard this song plenty, I'll stop paying attention. Okay. And then I'll start doing like my ADHD kicks in and I'll start yeah. paying something else. Interesting. Because I feel like for me, it would kind of be the opposite effect. I'd be like, oh, new song. Okay, this is interesting. Oh, I know this one. I can groove to this. Because yeah. I um, I don't know how much this applies for other people. But for me, with music especially, familiarity breeds um, what's the opposite of contempt. Enamoration. Enjoyment. <laughs> Feels like there's a punchier word than yeah. that somehow. But you know what I mean. Yes. Like once I hear music a lot and i'm like yeah i know this and i i can pick out all the little bits and pieces and stuff yeah and... i mean like that that happens to me too but i think that's the reason i don't want to do it is because um uh, well it could be a second reason or this is the actual reason the pothole reason is not a reason at all mm-hmm. um that like i'll only get excited for the new song or for the songs that i've heard uh, like I'll skip, skip, skip to go listen to the news, the song that I've heard already. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just forget about all the other songs. Meanwhile, like if I ignore all the singles and then listen to the album as a whole, listen to the album as a whole, listen to the album as a whole, album as a whole, I become more familiar with the whole album and I enjoy the entire album. Right. I think that's maybe why I'm liking Coldplay so much is mm-hmm. because I just like the whole album because I'm familiar with it. I'm not skipping to, uh, clocks and the scientist that makes sense i'm listening to the whole thing yeah um so maybe that uh, maybe that little commentary on how we listen to music well there we go go listen to our musical episodes where we talk about our our enjoyments about music not musical episodes in the sense that we have sung and dance numbers although idea put that in the pipeline all right that sounds horrible (laughs) (laughs) we're not equipped for that oh uh we're not musicians you kidding me Neither of us have a degree in music, but we both have extensive, like, education in music. Yeah. It doesn't take a degree in music to be a musician. That's true. I want to show you the piano thing I've been writing. And oh, yeah. Started working right on now in the middle of recording. Okay. No, sit down. <laughs> uh, any other news? Um, news? Nothing else prominent. Uh, some box office stuff. Uh, Quiet Place 2 is killing it. Um, like, oh, my God. I gotta go see that. Yeah. Um, Quiet Place 2, it's like uh on par with what the projections were pre-pandemic for its release march Mm. last year it's hitting those same numbers so that's a good sign i don't know if it's because it's the first good movie that's come out since tenet and before that like i don't know invisible man february 2020 Mm -hmm. um but it's doing really well uh corella came out made about 20 million opening weekend which is not great but it also i've also heard it's not good i yeah i haven't heard a good thing yet and i'm not going to pay 30 bucks to watch it on disney plus and i'm not going to pay 15 to watch it in a theater right i'll watch it i'll probably watch it for cultural enrichment when it's free on disney plus in three months or whenever we'll do a a rehash of the do we need gritty villain reboots yeah and we'll talk about uh oscar nominee maleficent 2 mistress of darkness (laughs) (laughs) unbelievable never gets old <laughs> didn't suicide squad win an oscar makeup and hairstyle yeah because i think both of those were the nominees for that it was really just might like have a, been but yep. yeah uh we have a uh teaser uh we got uh, a couple little bitty news we've seen like mark ruffalo on the she Holt set mm. um with the dots on his face um 
Cool. Uh, and we also saw Keaton bloody Batman suit, mm-hmm. which means we might have dead Michael Keaton Batman in the Flash. All right. Uh, anything else, or can we end this at an hour and a half? I think that's probably all the all the big stuff. Shall we? You know the thing about Grey's Anatomy that I really hate? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. Like, I I mostly try to leave the room when Hannah's watching it because it just really grates at this point. But I I sat through an episode just kind of in the background while I was doing some work. And I've, there's a, it's 20 minutes of introduction and 20 minutes of like closing. There's no body to it. Oh. I, I don't know how to describe it better than that, but it's just like it's all beginning and end. Hmm. Well, that's fun. Yep. There's no, there's black and there's white and there's no gray. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening to this uh, particularly rambling news and what you've been up to. It's been so. three days or three weeks. So yeah, I got to catch up on some stuff, talk about some things. Uh, we about Bo Burnham's inside. Yep. We had a good time uh, coming next week. Actual topic episode, which I still don't know what we're talking about. Preston's <laughs> going to spring it on me in a couple minutes here. Our time. It's either, it's either going to be an interesting conversation for about an hour, or it's going to be a question answer for five minutes. We'll see. Depending on how it goes, this episode might be split into two. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Subdivide the subdivisions. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you can find this podcast and subsequent upcoming episodes and previously released episodes, except not the really old ones because those have been burned. Um, on... <laughs> yes, those have been hidden. Uh, episodes one and two do not exist. Don't ask for them. Yep. Uh, you can find that all all of us on SoundCloud and iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and and REMProductions.net. There we go, REMProductions.net, our new the official corporate overlord website. It's beautiful. Praise REM. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're on social media vaguely. I still haven't written my Zack Snyder's Justice League review. I'm going to keep calling still myself. Written your Wonder Woman review. I think that was always a lost cause. Is this one a lost cause too? The cultural moment has passed. Yeah. So know. now you do it. No, do the Wonder Woman. Like just release <laughs> reviews like like six months after they come out. That becomes your thing. I mean, there's there's something to that. Like you get in hindsight you get to yeah you watch the movie and you can treat the movie on its own merits and then you can rewatch it with like the sort of broader how the culture is settled on it and kind of cool there there's yeah i'm get actually i'm I'm a little intrigued by that sounds like a lot of effort matt in hindsight matt's hindquarters in sight <laughs> oh no <laughs> don't know where that came from uh yeah we're on facebook uh justice losers you I don't know. That's kind of how Facebook works. Yep. Um, we're on Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod. Done any good rants recently? Nah. Slacking. I've been super busy. We're on Instagram at Just Us Losers Pod. <laughs> uh, I took a picture when I was watching the night of, but then I never sent it to you or did anything with it. That's so okay. um, the Instagram is currently on hold until we can figure out like the new like how release schedules and who's doing what. Yep. We're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad enough at my own existence, let alone that existence. Yep. So, uh, we got a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com, where if you 
would like to explain how the Eternals can be good, I'm very interested to hear it. Five paragraph essays only, please. JustUsLosersPod at gmail.com. Uh, we're on YouTube. If you're listening to this, you're listening to the audio only version on one of those podcast veniums that I talked about before, or presumably some other app. Uh, Carrier Pigeon, possibly. I don't know. Uh, Carrier Raven. Yes. That's it. That's the one. But we're also on YouTube. We post little shortened versions where we uh, are... Much shorter for this one. Much shorter for this one. (laughs) Our editor picks the best and brightest moments. They are few and far between, but he somehow hashes them together into something resembling a coherent final product and releases it in video format so you can see our delightful smiling faces. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.